This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 29. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Surrey and Dangerous, and yes, thank you for joining us on the show where we answer your questions. Yes. And by your, I mean if you are a patron of ours, if you'd like to actually get your question asked on the show, just head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO, sign up for one of our tiers, and you too can hear us read your question live on air and answer it to the best of our ability. And it's a lot of fun for us. It's a lot of fun for you, I hope. And that's what this show is all about. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I always enjoy this. We do this after our regular show on Saturdays. Uh, you, normally, our show on Saturdays goes on at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, and then this just comes on whenever that show is done. Yeah. So if you're looking for this show, uh, thank you for finding us. But you can find us live on YouTube doing this as well, Nick. Uh, I got to say, dude, I'm excited for these questions today. I, Me? I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Me too. Unfortunately, a lot of them have to do with Nick booking 2.0. <laughs> I and had that I, feeling. I, I wanted. I knew this would happen, and I want to dance this line where I don't spoil it for people that haven't listened to it yet, or <laughs> for those spoil. as a little teaser carrot that I also want to encourage people to go sign up for our ten dollar tier that maybe haven't made the leap yet uh, to go and try it out. So bear with me as we work through some of these questions that you guys asked today, because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Some of them you guys asked teetered into spoiler territory. Um, so I, I, I want to give you guys the power to own the fact that you are $10 and up patrons and have access to those. But at the same time, if you're asking us the questions, I'm going to be transparent with you and I'm going to tell you exactly what was going on. And, and the other thing I wanted to say is I wanted to, you know, ask you guys, ask the audience, propose to you guys, would you be interested in some kind of after show real talk, how I went through the whole process of doing this sort of thing? where you could ask these kinds of questions, like, why did I do things a certain way? Uh, how long, what's the process? How did I, I go I, through it, all of that? You know, I feel like it was kind of apparent what your process was. It was, it was came out of your fevered brain. It's, it's apparent to you, but the timing of things mattered. Uh, I did go through sol- shoulder surgery. There were a lot of drugs being taken when some of this was written. No. Yeah, yeah you no. wouldn't know it unless you heard it. Shocking. But. <laughs> I, 
I am beside myself. I can't. Oh, believe. yes. There you go, Marshall. BWO24, Nick Bucky. Ah, yes. Ah, ah. I already feel like I spent 24 hours listening to the damn thing. No, I, I guess, it. you know, behind the curtain, call, and something like that. If you guys would be interested in something like that, let me know. Um, because there was a lot of stuff that was cut out. We're going to talk about that as we go through the questions here today because some of you guys brought it up. There's multiple threads going on over in the BWO discussion group as uh. well. Uh, about a lot of those things. So, uh, yeah, let me know if that's something you guys would be interested in, why I made certain decisions that I did. So if you could I, ever sit down and have a conversation with Vince McMahon, you'd probably do it. You're comparing yourself to Vince McMahon now. I'm, I'm not comparing point. myself to Vince McMahon. You I'm just saying, did. Okay. You just did. I'm not comparing myself to Vince McMahon. Uh, you, 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 I mean, if, if Vince were to do this, you'd want to know what he had to say. So like Vince, I, I, I understand that people want to know how I came up with these brilliant ideas like calling the Kabuki Warriors Asian Dawn. Where did that come from? Why why did I do that? Yeah. I'm I'm Why I'm more I'm know. more the other Vince than than McMahon. Yeah, uh, that, that's for sure. Completely honest. That's for sure, bro. <laughs> Kicking things off today, uh Mr. Abraham Castillo, how are you, yeah. man? Says, "What's up, guys? Uh thanks for making each week positive and fun. We appreciate all you do. Thank you. Thank you, Abraham. Thank you, brother. Uh, we I wouldn't have it any other way, frankly. Uh, there's a lot of shows out there that are kind of Debbie Downers from time to time. And I just, I, no, I'm, I don't want to be that show. No the question is very simply, Nick, what the hell were you thinking? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's one of those rhetorical questions that really mm -hmm. doesn't get an answer. It's, uh, it's, you know, exactly. Yes, uh, you know, I wanted to make it as crazy and fun as I could. No, I didn't put any dinosaurs in it for Sir Ian Dangerous. Because you, you were like, oh, I'll make it as fun as possible, crazy as possible, but, you know, only to a point. Yep. So what the hell was I thinking? There was a lot. There was a lot. <laughs> and, and Abraham, you teed up what I really was talking about before when there's right. a lot to discuss. There's a lot that went into it. There were different time periods like Thanksgiving holiday weekend versus shoulder surgery time versus the last month or so of trying to get this in the can and rewrites and all of those things. So yeah, it's tune into future episodes of BWO behind the book. How yeah. Nick came up with Nick booking two. lots of drugs, lots of time on his hands. Yes. <laughs> Friday at eight. <laughs> Nick booking has me scratching my head still. He says, well, mm. there you go. Thank you, Abraham. Glad yeah. you, uh, glad you enjoyed it. Has, I think it has all of us scratching our heads, man. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Next up, Jacob Uhas asks, I uh, hope you are off. all are doing well. Thanks for all you do. With the virtual NFL draft doing pretty well, should mm. the WWE do a draft anytime soon and who would benefit the most from a brand change? You know, it's funny. The WWE draft, uh, almost without exception, is always a goddamn train wreck because they don't even know what they're doing until the day of. And the only thing I can hope is that with this with everything that's going on right now, one thing they do is pump the brakes a little bit and learn to kind of plan ahead. If they do do a draft, being able to do it in a way that is actually entertaining, like we've crapped on a couple of drafts on this show when they've tried to do it, and it's just been abysmal. Um, it's just felt arbitrary. It hasn't been entertaining. It, it, there's no rationale to it. There's no like little you know, subplots like trades or anything like that. Like they don't do anything. They're just like, oh, so-and-so's going here. So-and-so's going here. And I guess everyone else just kind of goes where they do. They forget people. 
<laughs> they forget to, to draft people. Then they make big mistakes at the like fix them later, but not explain why they're fixing them. Like it's always just a debacle. Right. We don't so even know they, that it's some fix. It's just some random decision that somebody. Well, Charlotte Flair is going to be on Raw now because yeah, reasons. we didn't. We didn't even have like the finish to a trade uh, until like two months, like what two weeks ago. So they finally were like, oh yeah, that time that we sent uh, Alexa Bliss over to SmackDown. Well, we really were trading for Braun Strowman, like that. All of the Brock Lesnar, right? Brock Lesnar went to Raw, and they never explained who was going to SmackDown until like two weeks ago. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that was that was a SmackDown trade right there." It's like all what? the way around, yeah. What? Yeah, thank you. But I I can't even keep track of it. It's right. so, it's so ridiculous. That's my point. Is it's it's always a debacle. So if they were to do a draft, and uh, nothing saying they shouldn't, they seem like they've got their their rosters pretty solid right now. There's no there's not a lot of people that I'm like. Oh, they've got to get them off this brand. The only reason you do it is if, if someone's run out of feuds. Do you know and, what I mean? I mean, I, Charlotte going to NXT saved that one. I had a big problem yeah. with Becky and Charlotte both being on Raw because I feel like they are two of the two largest female superstars, and one should have been on each. And I've been vocal about that, but her going to NXT kind of like, all right, I, yeah, all right, I'm good with this now. Yeah, having Becky on Raw, Bailey on SmackDown, Charlotte on NXT, okay. I have to admit, maybe it's just the timing of where they are to the next pay-per-view, but I feel like most of the people on both rosters have stuff they're doing. No one feels terribly stale right now. Obviously, that's hard to say because we're not seeing a lot of people because of the, the pandemic and everything, and, and so there's a lot of people that are on the sidelines for legitimate reasons, and they're just not having storylines for that reason. Um, there's also people that haven't been used since WrestleMania that are on certain rosters. So it's it's... It's tough to say if I can think of anybody who should be on other brands because they are using everyone who is there. AJ's dead. Randy's still recovering from his edge match. I'm just trying to think about the people that aren't really being used right now. They're big. Um, but I feel like everyone's kind of got a direction right now. Even if I don't like their direction or I'm not happy with their writing, I feel like everyone's kind of got a direction. So I don't feel like they need to do a draft now, but maybe when everything comes back, uh, afterwards, we'll see where they're at. They just they just cut a ton of people. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So they're kind of able to utilize everyone that they have left at this yep. point. I don't, so. I don't know. I feel like everything's where it needs to be for right now. I don't know if they need yeah. to draft anybody or do a um, uh, a swap. I don't know. I mean, if they were going to do something it like would, that, it, it could go along the lines of a... I feel like like if they were consolidated and needed to do a split, that could facilitate a draft. But I, I feel like everything's kind of evenly split up right now. I'm not mad at any of anybody being where they are. The only the only one I have that I can think of is one that actually re it would require other booking to get there, and that's Bray Wyatt would have to not be a champion, go to Raw, and have a beef with Randy Orton. Because that's mm. one of the storylines that he's yep. got to do, right? That's it, though. And even that is not necessary, but only one I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah, that's a good one. And I wouldn't mind him being a floater. I mean, the other option is is you get rid of the bland, brand split altogether, and we go back to the late 90s when they debuted SmackDown and just have all-stars on all shows. But that hasn't worked out well in the past either because they just didn't know how to control the storylines. Or that you had storyline. You ended up with Rock and Austin and DX and everything. Mm -hmm. Right, and it, they just dominated everything. But if you look back on it, it was some of the best ratings in the history of the, of the shows. So I I don't know. There's arguments that can be made either way uh, that you know they should consolidate. They maybe should have a draft, superstar shakeup, whatever you want to call yeah. it. 
So, I mean, yeah, Kyle, there's there's benefits. Kyle's got a good one. Trade Randy Orton for Sonya after the Mandy Sonya feud is done. It's a good one. That's a really good one. Oh, I could get behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have, put, put Sonya in some kind of program where she needs to, she wants to go after Becky or something like that. Well, you got to be careful. The only reason I think that you shouldn't have Sonya and Shayna on the same brand is, you know, two shoot fighters and and Shayna is way more accomplished than Sonya is. Yeah. So there is that. Good question, Jacob. Thank you very much. Very good. Next up, Dubstep Rob. Rob Hutchins. Hey, gents. Yeah. This may actually be, and for those that don't know, he's named Dubstep Rob because he was officially our 50th patron, which triggered the Nia Jax dubstep ringtone. That's why he will forever... Forthwith be known as Dubstep Rob. Rob. Hey, gents, this may actually be more of a question for JB. Uh, Handily, she's in the chat and can address this. She's in the chat. Excellent. Uh, But you guys might know as well, thinking about unsafe workers, a la Naya and Ryback come to mind, uh, what is a performer's recourse if they don't want to work a program with a certain person? Can they respectfully decline? As independent contractors, I can see where you might not get booked again. Uh, but what is there? What if there is a legitimate beef, and you just can't stomach working with some son of a bitch? <laughs> Thanks for the fantastic wrestling talk. Thank you, Rob. Um, Thank you. That's the actually one, the one that comes to mind immediately is is Stone Cold not wanting to work all, uh, Lesnar with Brock, and he just took his ball and went home. But again, yeah. that's uh, that's one thing I was going to say is to answer this question, it's it's pretty much a matter of how much you want to work and how big you are at the time. If yeah. you're an indie worker. And you're getting paid, you know, 20 bucks a night, 50 bucks a night. Um, and you just want to get out there and do work. You suck it up and work with a lot of people you don't yeah. maybe necessarily want to work with. Um, and that even that's on the other side of things. If you're an old talent and you're kind of working your ways back down, um, you may be working with some guys you don't know, you don't want to work with. And you just suck it up, go out there and put on as good a show as possible. Um the times if you actually straight up say, I will not work with somebody, you better have a damn good reason. And again, JB's in the chat. So while she's coming up, uh, uh, while she's, while she's, um, well, she's actually, she, never mind. She did answer it. She said, uh, you take your story or you sit on the sidelines. Also depend on how much pull you have. Yes. Okay. So bingo. Um, it's basically you suck it up unless there is a legitimate reason that you can state why you don't want to work with somebody. Yeah. Low key, low key is a great example where, um, he's a dude that has notoriously shot on people several times. And there's a lot of people that don't want to work with low key. And you know what? It's why he's at where he's at and not still in the big leagues. Teddy Hart, people don't want to work with him. Um, enough people, you know, bitch about it or complain about it. And some people will complain, complain, complain. They go out and work the match and come back afterwards and be like, did you see what, what happened? You know what I mean? Like it. sometimes it is something where you suck it up and do it, uh, work the match and then try to politic it later. Um, so there's all different ways to address it, essentially. Yep. But again, as, as JB said rightly, you know, it's, uh, and obviously she would know, is you take your story or you sit on the sidelines. And if you have a lot of pull, you have more ability to say yay and nay. Um, and you can, and of course, you know, you even look at, at people who are really good at politicking, like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan. You can say when you go over and when you put somebody over and who kicks out of your finish. Like you can make it so that people don't do this, this, and this. You can actually call when someone kicks out of your finisher. Some people are much more protective of their finishers than others. You know, and some some people like it's not even about winning or losing, or working with somebody. It's about how the match is actually going to go. You know, yeah. 
one of, we just watched uh, if you just watched Dark Side of the Ring, they were talking about New Jack and how he got all pissed off because um, that the kid came into him, um, a mass transit came into him and was just like, "Hey, can I get some offense in? I want a gig. You know, can you can you blade me because so I can get some color?" And New Jack was like, "Man, you don't tell me what you get to do. What what is wrong with you?" Now, obviously, New Jack's the wrong guy to tell that to because he went out and, and tried to, you know, almost scalp him, <laughs> almost scalp the kid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it's that's not the etiquette. No. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff backstage. Now, again, I, I haven't looked to see if JB JB is. Oh, there's some others getting mentioned like <laughs> Snitsky and you know uh, what was the other one I saw? Raven has talked about it uh, on his show. So there's 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 instances and examples and, out there for sure. By the way, J, JB being someone you do not want to mess with in the ring said you send them receipts during the match if you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I take it I take it JB has been potatoed at least once because she's someone there who was, I know will send she will a, send a receipt. There was a very apparent receipt last or earlier this week with when Nia Jax and Kyrie Sane had that match where Nia threw her into the buckle. In you think horribly, that backhand was a was it was that a, backhand was absolutely a receipt. She hit the I, shit out of Nia. <laughs> I have seen Kyrie hit that backhand as a receipt a couple of times. There's nothing yeah. better though than the Brock Lesnar receipt when uh, Braun kicks or knees him in the head. Yeah, from their match uh, a couple of years ago in like what was it Clash of Champions? Something like that. I think yeah. it was. Um, and Braun knees Brock in the head, and he just stands up, and you see him go right into shoot fighting, and just without effortlessly. Just finds his head twice, just punch like just rabbit punches him twice, and you see Braun's knees just go, just go into Jello, and he almost drops. And Brock calls him a stupid mother ever. Just like that's your stupid motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and Braun's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I won't walk the same ever again. I, I, Jesus, he hit him so hard right yeah. in the cheek. Yep. <laughs> If you ever forget how scary Brock Lesnar is, just go watch that yeah. moment. Yeah. Or go back yeah, and so, watch yeah, some don't, of his MMA fights. They're absurd. Don't, don't work unsafe with Brock. He'll no. murder you. Yeah. But thank uh, you very much, Rob. That was a really great question. That one's never come up on fun. the show before, but that's a that's a good thing to talk about. Uh, next up, Martin asks, uh, firstly, this week has been hard for – oh, boy. Uh, it's been hard for me. My depression has come back and hit me in a bad way, but listening to the podcast and the stuff in the Facebook group has helped to lift me. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, uh, that hits me right in the feels, brother. Glad to f glad to hear you're doing better. Uh, always here if you ever need to chat, man. Seriously, um, lift me out of it. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you to you both and to the whole BWO family. Thank you, man. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely, man. Uh, now it, to my it, question: For years, there has been talk of a Thundercats live action movie. Yeah. Can you cast it with wrestlers? I, I'll. Well, yes, we can. Uh, I will say that uh, as a VO artist. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is go back and listen to animation from the 80s and 90s, and especially so good. the outtakes. So if you've never oh, seen the Thundercats outtake reel, it's all over YouTube, and you can hear lion -O and Snarf-Snarf going at what each a, other. What a cast. That was a cast of legendary Absolutely 80s voice legends. actors, too. Yep. And that was a so Thundercats was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid because of that Rankin-Bass animation, that just detailed, lush Awesome character design, Rankin yeah. Bass. I mean, a little goony, but just it was so cool. And they're the same guys who did like the old Hobbit cartoon. Yeah. Um, and, and they did the Return of the King. 
and uh, uh, Flight of Dragons, The Last Unicorn. They had a ton of stuff. And they also did stop motion animation. They did all of those uh, Christmas stop motion animations like um, Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph yeah. the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Year Without a Santa Claus. So Rankin Bass, one of my favorite animation houses, started with, with, with Thundercats, um, it, which is why I, I am so incensed when I see the character design models on the new Thundercats cartoon. Have you seen it? No. They. Oh my God. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Nick, I'll send it to you. It's. It's. They. They look like five-year-olds drew them all. Like you. you the five-year-old watching the Rankin Bass cartoon, and then just drawing like they're just ridiculous jelly bean-shaped versions of them. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Modern cartooning is garbage. Um, the cast of the movie: Kenny Omega as Lino. Oh, um, okay. Uh, Charlotte is Chitara. Big E is Panthro. Yes. Um, oh, I got this, son. Um, I mean, is it too obvious to go Hornswoggle as Snarf? Yeah, a little too, little too on the nose. Little too, little too on the nose. Okay. Riho as a uh, as who's, who's got Kit. the most annoying Kit. voice? Michael Cole is Snarf. 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 Uh, and then <laughs> Snarf. 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 I don't want to go, Lion-O. Well, that, there's danger that way. <laughs> uh, so, okay, Riho is Kit. I'm trying to think who Cat is. Because remember the, the two twins? Kit Cat, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Riho is Kit, and then Darby Allen is Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Vince McMahon is Mumra. Oh. Um... And then Bray Wyatt, as I forget his name, the Bray Wyatt could be like the lizard helper. Um, and Braun Strowman should be like... He's got the big voice. Right. Yeah. Um, Drake Maverick is snarf. Yes. Oh, dude, done. Yes. Oh, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Jessup with the win. Drake Maverick is snarf. 100%. Yes. Done. Yes. Never mind. Bingo. Nailed it. Uh, what other characters am I forgetting? We did Chitara um, already, right? I just picked. I was. I went with the easy one and said Charlotte. Line Flair. drive says said, Bianca Belair. That's good. I ain't mad at that either. Yeah. I ain't mad at that either. That's that's not a bad one. Yeah, I think that's most of them. I, yeah, I, I can't remember Reptar. What was the what was the lizard guy's name? I can't. Yeah, remember that's what his Bray, name Bray Wyatt can be Reptar. Yeah, the the lizard guy. Yeah, the big kind of hulking lizard guy. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously though, Thundercats outtakes on YouTube. It's two minutes long. You'll have a blast. I mean, it's it also works if you think about it with Vince McMahon as Mumra because you know he's, when he's on his, when his clothes he looks like a little old man, but then he takes his clothes off and he's just insanely jacked. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh god, where did that come from, Mumra? Hearing the guy, hearing the guy that played Lion-O try to do the thunder, 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 and he goes way too high, he goes one too oh! many. He goes one too many. He goes, oh god, I'm out of breath. He blows, blows himself up. It's funny. That's amazing. Dude, you've never heard people blow themselves up until you've heard Dragon Ball Z outtakes. Holy crap. <laughs> Those poor bastards. There's something going, ah! for like five minutes. Like Angelo Dawkins. Oh, all right. Oh. Thank you very much, Martin. And hey, I hope you're feeling better, better. Glad to hear you're here. If you're feeling better. And please reach out if you ever need to chat, man. Always here. If you, if you, if you need to feel better, just imagine Kenny Omega doing the lion pose with the sword. And it's like, sight beyond sight. Thunder, thunder, like, thunder, thunder, cats. You.
can't escape. Next up, Yardy, they want to make her. Hey, guys, yeah. we all know that the WWE games are mostly wrestling or fighting games. My mm-hmm. question this week is in what other genre than wrestling or fighting what you like to see a WWE game made? I have been thinking mm. about a horror game with mm. The Fiend as the antagonist. Thank you for the Ooh. amazing content and have a nice day. Thank you, Yardy. Um, hmm. Do we, well, we want to see Resident Evil WWE edition? Starring the fiend, I was thinking more like Condemned or um, Layers of Fear, or something like Cerebral, like that, you know, or a Soma with Bray Wyatt. You know, I'm thinking like open world RPG where you can tell stories and randomly have fights and certain so, different scenes and stuff. I I remember there was like um, a phone app game a few years ago where they had all the WWE superstars as like. Mortal Kombat fighters, like you know, like Seth Rollins was on fire and stuff, and like you know, they all had like they were all like Mortal Mortal Kombat. And I think it was actually made by the guys who made Mortal Kombat. Uh, it's just you know, it was a crappy little app, so it was kind of half-assed. But that always stuck with me as something that you could be you could have a lot of fun with because it's it's yeah. it's kind of like um, the the WrestleMania um, package from this year with like the with with. Seth fighting the crab and everyone's in everyone's cosplaying, you know. Right. Or um, when WWE went Hollywood and you have them recast in all these movies, like it's kind of fun to imagine. And we do this on 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 this on this show sometimes where we like, what would what wrestlers would you have in this movie? Like recast the movie with wrestlers or recast the whatever it is. Recast Thundercats, for example. Um, imagine all of the wrestlers. What would they be if they were in Skyrim? Right. Right, like would Braun Strowman be a barbarian, right? And wouldn't it be cool to have like a Skyrim game, only it was WWE superstars and you could they were all just playing different parts and you could like pick which one you wanted to play, right? Have like a massive RPG or have it just be like a fighting game or an action game, um, you know, Dark Souls with well, not Dark Souls maybe, but um, I don't know, Call of Duty with the Forgotten Sons or something. They they they, well, they had Batista and Gears of War right now. You know what I mean? Mm. So that all of that could be fun. Just just WWE superstars recast in existing video game genres. But I certainly would be down to have everyone like dressed up as medieval warriors in some sort of like Skyrim kind of game. Yeah, I think Sky, Skyrim RP, open world RPG is my choice for sure. Yeah, I, I feel like, like everything else has been done at this point. Like a brawling, brawling uh, RPG. Yeah, you can go into the different towns. There's different factions that rule that town. You know, Roman. Yeah, exactly. And every 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 superstar has like their own thing. Roman Reign literally has a spear. Yes. <laughs> There's a Samoan no. themed, you know, faction, literally, literally. right? No. If there's a Samoan faction yeah. <laughs> or, or a town, right? There's there's right. a yeah. You know, the the island of, of Samoa, there, you know. There's there's not a faction. They're just in every town. Right, exactly. And they're they everywhere. always win every they always win every battle. Yes. Right. Thank you, Yardy. Good question. Uh, next up, Kyle asks: uh, With the first two weeks in the books of the interim cruiserweight championship tournament, I must say I've enjoyed it immensely. Me too. While I know this tournament was created because of travel circumstances, I feel NXT could use this as an annual event in the same vein as the G1 Best of the Super Juniors. How can WWE reformat this round-robin tournament for next year with some additional stakes, especially given how it's all been built around character? 
maybe give a cruiserweight a Money in the Bank or G1 style title shot in NXT so that even the cruiserweight champion could participate. Or possibly doing it like New Japan post Beyond New Beginnings where the junior heavyweight champion takes on the heavyweight champion at the next big event with the cruiserweight title on the line in the tournament. Could doing such an annual event elevate the title to where the likes of Gargano and Champa participate putting on a similar level of the NXT title? Yeah, doesn't uh, there's a lot of thought that went into that. A lot of yeah, I'm maybe you. maybe my brain's fried, but I think Ring of Honor or Impact has the pick your shot title. I think it's Ring of Honor. I think it's Ring, Ring of Honor, Honor. Has, has. Yeah, they have, they have a pick your shot uh, match where basically at the end you get a you get a title shot at the title of your choice. Um, but obviously then it wouldn't be a cruiserweight tournament. Um, the, and again, what, he, what he's talking about with, uh, with like a Money in the Bank or G1 style, yeah, that's the G1. Is like if you win the G1, the, the champ participates, and if they win, no one challenges them. But if someone else wins, then they get to challenge the champ. And the great thing about the G1 is that there's all these little stories in there because if you beat somebody else, that has meaning for the rest of the year. It's one of the great things about New Japan's booking is that wins and losses – truly do matter and especially in the g1 um the never open weight belt the u.s belt uh yeah if intercontinental you know, they're all involved in the g1 so if you beat someone there in one match you get a future title opportunity yeah yeah exactly so that's that's a lot of fun and also it, it, and as, as it does in this tournament that they're having for the cruiserweight um if you if you lose to somebody and that person ties you then your you know your match was the tiebreaker. If you lost to them, then you lose. Yeah. So it does actually matter when when you win or you lose in this. Um, I love tournament formats. Yeah. It for Bracketology. me. If you're a booker, it's it's a it's a lot of effort up front to create how the layout is, but then you get to just coast for weeks. So I I'm and and create compelling television with it too, as as he says. Uh, is that it's it's all about character, and you know you even if you do have more stakes in it, having it be about character is one of the great things. You find out the the character of these wrestlers in these tournaments, right? Yep. Depending on how they react to their wins, to their losses, you get to see how they how they wrestle. One of the greatest ways to get into New Japan is to watch the G One or the Best of Super Juniors, yep. because you come out of it knowing who all these wrestlers are, having your favorites, having all these matches that you enjoyed. So I, that's why I enjoy these kinds of tournaments. And when they said this was a round robin, I was so excited because we haven't seen one like that in so long in the WWE. Do you think they should have kept the Cruiserweight Classic uh, you know, motif and just evolved it to be a round robin tournament? I feel like that's left behind at this point. If they did a, a round robin Cruiserweight Classic, I'd be so down. Yeah. It just would, and it would just take a lot longer than the other one. I feel like one, that was a missed like, opportunity. Well, it's not like they can't do it. Yeah. There was you know, nothing stopping of, them. But part of the Cruiserweight Classic that was great was that they were contracting indie wrestlers to come in and work. You know, mm -hmm. they, they had Zack Sabre Jr. in there, Kota Ibushi. Um, you had guys that weren't signed, like Cedric Alexander. Like, you had a bunch of dudes who, who were hungry, were coming in, and you may have, you may have never heard of them. You may, they, if you're an indie fan, you may have only ever seen them on indie wrestling, and here they were wrestling for WWE. It was really exciting. Yep. You know, the reason that Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak are a team right now is because Daniel Bryan saw Drew Gulak in the Cruiserweight Classic and was like, that guy gets it. I like what he does. So even people who were watching it in WWE became fans of people yeah. from watching that Cruiserweight Classic. So yeah, I would love to see another one like that. I'm loving all of this. Yeah, Great great thought, Kyle. I love that. And, and, 
and also having, as he says, having some bigger people involved as well, besides just, you know, like a lot of people don't know Tony. They may know Tony Nese, but they don't have appreciation for him. They may not know Kushida. They definitely don't know Jake Atlas or Ihude Fantasma. Afterwards, they might. And especially if you put big guys in there, it elevates the whole thing. Yeah. So I love all of that. Yep. Thank you, Kyle. Next up, Esme, Booby Champ. <laughs> I love that you've got your name everywhere is Booby Champ. Yep. Uh, hello, Pod Poppers. I'm not sure Boobies. why I tried to do that in a British accent, but it just came across. Because it said right. hello. 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 Hello, Pod Poppers. It's how it's spelled. She's got an interesting one here. The world is ending. You two I have mean, been tasked with choosing too real. six rest. Yeah. Too soon. <laughs> you two have been tasked with choosing six wrestlers, three men and three women, one okay. booker, one commentator, okay. and one ref. These people will be these people will be taken to a doomsday bunker with the rest of humanity in order to preserve and pave the way for the future of professional Ooh. wrestling. Ooh. This is this Ooh. is a bonus episode in the making. Um so uh, now there are people that will train the next generation of wrestlers or their existing talents that will show everyone else how like the tops. I'm thinking, the, I'm thinking the latter or a combination of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if that was the case, I'd just be like, um, oof, for the men like uh, Okada or Tanahashi, Probably Tanahashi, because he's still got a little bit left in the tank. But you know, so much to so much to teach people, and such a great attitude and everything. No, uh, JB, they're not in charge of repopulating the planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <what laughs> I I well, look at I look at this as. Who, who do we can, want to who breed? Can be, who can still work? And imagine can, the love child of the love child of Tanahashi and Charlotte Flair. Oh, God. it'd be a superhuman. Oh, I'm looking at this as who can mentor future talent and who can also right. still work. Uh, okay, so that's Regal out. Um, I'm I'm looking at the la before I do the three men three women. I'm looking at Booker commentator and ref. For me, that's easier. Okay. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Gato as a booker. Yep. yep. Uh, it's 100%. pretty obvious. Uh, Mike Kyoto is probably going to be my ref. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. little, maybe little Nate. Maybe Red Shoes. Um. That's yeah. Tough. That's well. How many refs do we get? One ref. One ref. Damn that, That's tough. I, my my gut's telling me Mike Kyoto because he's he's just been yeah. doing this so long. So is Red Shoes though. Yeah. So is Red Shoes. Kyoto or Red Shoes definitely one of those two for the uh, ref. Commentator. Current, you're gonna hate me, but I'm gonna say Michael Cole. You know what? I this is insane. Nah. I'm I'm on the cusp, but just it's damn it. But he has trained all this with people who are good in NXT, though. That's the thing. A lot of like, people are gonna want to say Morrow, but I I gotta but, I gotta keep in mind he's kind of a one man show he, himself, and he's divisive. I feel like yeah. Morrow would teach people as well as Michael Cole would. Michael Cole has a proven track record of teaching good commentary, of teaching people how to how to commentate well, even if he himself tends to be very dry and overuses catchphrases to the point of them not being cool. He is good at training people. He's training he's trained Beth Phoenix. He's trained Corey Graves, Byron Saxton. There's no reason Byron Saxton should be Phillips. as good as he is. 
Phillips. Um, like he truly has been training the next generation of commentators. I, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm about to go with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Kevin Kelly's really good too, but I think, I think you're right with Cole as far as like teaching people. Yeah. I certainly would. Uh, uh, that hurts. That hurts to say, but it's true. Um, so Gato, three men, three. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Gato, Michael Cole, Mike Kyoto. Okay. Yeah. I'll back your play on that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a narrow one, but I'll back your play. Let's do the three men who, who who, I've got Drew McIntyre is kind of the easy, obvious one. You think? Um, Ah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I've, he's done enough now that he could, he could teach people to be a locker room leader. I don't know. It's him or Roman Reigns. I'll second your Kenny Omega. Uh, as well, I, I said Tanahashi. I didn't say Kenny Omega. Oh, I thought you said. Oh, you said Okada or Tanahashi. Okay, well, Okada I'll, I'll, or yeah, I'll put or a Kenny Omega in there. I would do uh, if we're gonna have someone who's younger, like a like a Drew or Roman. I would say a Tanahashi, someone who's like a little bit, and also different styles of presentation. Yeah. Um, you know, lot lot more fundamentals on Tanahashi. Um, I'm you know, very different who, styles. Of who's working. a legendary heel that would go in there with him that could teach him oh, the ways? Yeah. Um, Jericho. God, yeah, that's Jericho. Yeah. Jericho, Omega, McIntyre. Look at look at how well, look at what Jericho's doing with the inner circle and like cultivating those guys to be entertaining, and you know, picking out people like Sammy Guevara, who he's like, no, he's the next big thing. Take him under his wing. Mentoring, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go. I, I know you said Tanahashi. I'll go Jericho, Omega, McIntyre. I'll I'll go Tanahashi, um, Jericho, and Roman. Locker room leader, locker room leader, guy who can work with everybody. You n- think about him on one end and Tanahashi on the other. You've already got. He's, you're doubling up. You've already got Tanahashi. I don't need Roman Reigns. What? How do you figure? I don't need You've got range. completely different styles. Yeah, right. I can pick a I, I, I can pick, pick whatever five, I want. Five, you no you, you can pick it. whatever you want. You can pick whatever yes, you want. Uh three women. Let's We're, we're dragging yeah, they on this make, one. They, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking too hard about it. Three women. Mako Satomura, for sure. Um Mako Satomura. Uh, maybe like Beth Phoenix and Charlotte. Ah, I don't know. That's a lot of no. Someone else, not 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 both Beth and Charlotte. Um, definitely Mako and either Beth or Charlotte, and then like, oh, tough. Um. Maybe like a, a Rhea Ripley or something. Yeah, someone, yeah, that's the kind of fits in the same same pod as well. Ugh, that's a tough one. JB, are you still in the chat? Throw me one. I'm I'm sitting here going Oscar, Charlotte Flair, and I'm struggling with a third. Yeah. Well, I've got Mako and uh... I guess Mako could be like an Asuka. Asuka maybe has a few more years than Mako does. Um, well, I'd say Tessa, but she doesn't have a good reputation for working well with a lot of people. 
not as much of a backstage leader. I'm trying to think of people that would like work well. We're, as you said, we're dragging on this. Like we're, we're overthinking this. I think. Um, I'm just trying to think of somebody who, like backstage leader would be would be able to teach people, and also we could go out and work a, a spectacular match. Nia Jax. No. No. Didn't trigger you. Tony no. Storm. Oh, stop it. We're, we're, and Nick, she, we're not talking about repopulating in every promotion she's been in. We're not talking about repopulating the, the earth here, man. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, I'm not talking about being in the bunker with her. Oh, okay. I'm, just, sure. I'm talking about, you know, just who's who's been around the world, who's got the experience, and at her ripe young age of, what, 24, 25 now? I mean, you could, a, say, but you could say Dakota Kai then, too. And Dakota's been a trainer. So... Esme says Io Shirai, and I'm just uh, Will says Kaylee Ray. Mm. I just I don't know if they have the pedigrees. Io, Kylie Ray is of, tough because I've already got Oscar. Yeah, I, I I question her stability. I mean, we're in a, we're in a brave new world. It's post apocalypse. Like she's got to be able to be there 24 seven. You know, I want women who are consistent. <laughs> that sounds harsh, but man, it's a harsh world. Yeah. Um, damn, that's tough. That is very tough. I, I don't know if I can pick the last one. Yeah. I'm struggling in, with that one. I mean, the, I'm struggling too. And we're Oscar, get to, Oscar we're, Charlotte are, are pretty obvious to me, but the other, I'm going through the whole rosters of all the different promotions yeah. and none of them are jumping out going, yes. That's the one. So, yeah. Let me think on that <sighs> one, uh, Esme. That was a really good question. That could yeah. turn, into, turn into something else. But uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. Interesting. Yeah. Apocalypse wrestlers. Exactly. Yeah, restart, you're, restart. You're, you're, you're building Noah's Ark for wrestling, basically. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's pretty much Take it. Take one wrestler from each promotion, and they can survive the Great Flood. <laughs> interesting. interesting. They go on to the Ark two by two. Yeah, dead or alive, right? They come back, and they're, like, refreshed, and they're at their peak, and once all everything's over, like, who would you... Who would you... Oh, man. Uh, See, we could go down that rabbit hole forever. Uh, potential bonus episode on that one. I'll talk to Ian about it afterwards. I like that one. Uh, Patrick Kennedy next up. Quick Thunder statement. Rosa, maybe, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jay had a couple good ones. In yeah. there. Thunder Rosa, not a bad idea. All right, sorry. Quick statement before my... This is Patrick Kennedy. Quick qu uh, statement before my question, but I love how Nick brings... Oh, God. Nick brings Jericho back just to have the Miz beat his record. <laughs> but I digress. My question is how much of... Yeah, I almost, my head almost exploded during that one, too. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. My question is how much of Nick booking was written while you were having post-surgery fever, fever dreams? <laughs> a one-year journey. Uh, I don't want to say this because I don't want to spoil it. A one-year journey to get where we got at the end at WrestleMania, and yeah. it, was a, it was quite a... Take all of my money, he it was quite a, it, was, it was quite a finish, yes. Nick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, it was. I mean, more, more insane than some of Vince's like, year-long bookings. Like, we're going to do whatever it takes to get this outcome. Yeah, Nick took all of that and made you feel a lot better about some of, of Vince's booking. I'll tell you what. Um, so, what was the question? How much of that was written while you were high? How much of it was written during post-surgery fever dreams? Uh, not yeah. much. Um, <laughs> That's all his real mind. Some of the ideas, <laughs> some of the ideas came from that, but realistically, a lot of it was written. A lot of it was written last fall in the month following. When we did the actual episode, and the the irony was that what you guys heard was completely different than what was written originally. 
oh. as a finish. This is the thing: is people don't because understand how much of things work, that actually transpired in WWE, and I'm not just talking about the OC <laughs> and Bray Wyatt. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I, 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 he, he reminded me that you did that to Jericho, and I was just still so tore up about <laughs> other things. I didn't able to like, I wasn't able to sit there and just harp on that. Yeah. There was so much to, so much that was making me insane. I forgot that you you jobbed out Jericho, and then just yep. didn't even use him. Yeah. So, oh, you asshole! So many people fell by the wayside, and that's you know so that's many. kind of why I want to do the behind the curtain sort of the the, the BWO twenty four entire women's division. Yep. <laughs> no, don't spoil everything. <laughs> that's not a spoiler. Uh, that's not a spoiler. Oh, uh, it's, it's a, a guarantee. It's a, a guarantee. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Good, Good question. Lord. Uh, there were a lot of ideas that came out of those fever dreams in that week that I was down, but uh, yeah, uh, nothing was actually written during that time. I was mostly sick. just high and sleeping. That's his real sick mind. Yep. Uh, next up, Josh asks, uh, hello, gents. As always, thanks for giving me quality content to listen to at work. You are welcome, Pleasure. sir. Pleasure. Nick's booking gave me an idea. Ian, yes. pick five yes. AEW wrestlers. Nick, okay. pick five WWE wrestlers for a traditional Survivor Series match and explain why you each think your team will win. Ah. Uh, uh, like current okay. roster, I guess, is what we're going on here. All right. Um. Well, I'm going to start with Kenny Omega. Okay. You pick one. Now you pick one. Uh, Seth Rollins. Okay. Um, and then I will go with... Uh, Cody Rhodes, AJ Styles. No, I can't pick him. He's dead. <laughs> um, Braun Strowman. Braun, of course. Um, then I will go with Pack. Drew McIntyre. Oh Jesus. Um, I better get a big boy in here. Luchasaurus. Elias. Oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. I'll explain Sorry. in a minute. And I'll finish off with Jericho. Uh, Roman Reigns. Oh, my God. Line, all right. Line all of my five up next to each other, and you can barely tell, tell them apart. I was uh, just having fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. Yeah. All right, so Seth, swap Braun out for Jackson if you want to make it even more real. You know, no, they all just look like each other's final forms. Oh no, you can you can swap them out for Jackson, and then that right there is my reason why my team will win. Oh, okay. Uh, so you've got you've got Seth, Braun, Drew, Elias, and Roman. I've got Kenny Omega, Cody, Pack, Luchasaurus, and Jericho. I'm that's a pretty even lineup right there. Yeah, I think I'm whipping a your pretty, ass. I think I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> Cody and Jericho versus some of the biggest dudes in wrestling. Yeah, I got Come Luchasaurus on. in there. I got Luchasaurus. I got Luchasaurus take out Braun. All right, let's do this. We made the picks. I'm going to put up a poll after the show in the BWO discussion group. Who? Which with, team with our wins? with our two teams? Which team? Which Survivor win, Series? Right. And then I want to hear your you guys's booking in the comments on that. I'll put that up as soon as we're done here. But there, they could go either way. You guys book this one. How about that, Josh? I'll I'll throw that one out there back to the audience, uh, and let you guys kind of fight over that one. It I think that lineup is too even for you and I to sit here and pick apart. But uh, I want to hear the re I want to hear the listeners 
go at it over that one. The phenomenal ones. Okay, let's. let's, I, just, let's I, look, I just want to look at these one-on-one matchups. Yeah. Kenny Omega, Seth Rollins. Beautiful. That's kind of. I, I want to see kind of, that that's, match. That's kind of a wash. Yeah. Luchasaurus versus Braun. That's kind of a wash. Yep. Uh, Jericho versus Drew McIntyre. If we're getting Painmaker, New Japan, Jericho, the guy who can go toe to toe with Moxley. Yeah. That's a wash. Um, Cody and Elias. I, I think Cody's got that one. And Pack and Roman. Roman might have that one. That so that evens out too. I think it's a wash. Yeah. Damn. Just saying. Look out for that poll in the group. If you guys aren't in there, come find us on Facebook. All right. So that's a good one. Thank you, Josh. Uh, next up, Andy asks, Nick, if you are absurdly going to have an AEW top talent get squashed by a <laughs> WWE top tier superstar. Yeah. You, you need tell him, to restore Andy. the balance of the universe and have a top AEW guy squash yeah. a top AE or WWE guy. Yes. Ian, you need to pick both. My what? Wait, am I doing it or is Ian doing it? And you can't use I Oh, I guess we're both doing it. And you can't use each other's picks. So eight different wrestlers total? What? I'm, what? I need a, also, what did you guys think of Camille's promo on NWA on Tuesday? I haven't watched it yet. It's tonight. I'll watch it. Oh, that's great. Camille's promo is fantastic. Totally defines her character. Creates a star. Yep. Uh, great promo. So what are we? We're. I, I, so I can pick. Let's just have you pick. Uh, how do we get to eight guys? I, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm really confused here. I'm confused. So I need. I need to pick. I My need to restore the balance and pick a top AEW guy to squash a top. Kenny Omega beats Roman Reigns. Or, yeah. sorry, Kenny Omega beats Seth Rollins. I'll do that one. I, 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 I would like love Kenny to see Omega. that match. Yeah, yeah, but I think but so so you admit my Survivor Series team will win. Omega and Seth line up. Omega is going to win. This no, this is a squash. Is We're talking a squash. We're talking a squash. We're not talking wins. We're talking straight up squashes him. I think Kenny what? Omega would squash Seth Rollins. Wow. Not after some of the Twitter banter I've seen. Um I don't think, but so, well, God, look at you guys. You're indul making him indulge in more Nick booking. Oh, yeah. Kenny Omega squashed Seth Rollins. What? In what world? Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. I thought I was, I was supposed to be defending. I'm not supposed to be defending this. What am I, what's happening? Wait. So Omega, Reigns, Jericho, and Rollins are out. And he's in the chat trying to explain it. I'm very confused right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know where eight different people came from. I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, so you had Miz squash Jericho. So if you, so basically, I had to restore the balance, and I had to pick an AEW guy to to squash a WWE guy. I did. I said right. Omega set, uh, squash, squash Seth. Seth Rollins. So you okay. need to do both. So you need to have an AEW guy that picks that squashes uh, WWE, and, and you need to have a WWE guy that squashes an AEW one. Oh, okay. So who are, who okay. are your four, basically? Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. I got you, you now, Andy. Okay, got you. Um, so I would have, um, I mean, define top guy because you know what he you means. Know, Come on, I could. Well, <laughs> is Luchasaurus a top guy? I don't. Think I could so. have Drew. No, I could have. I could have Drew McIntyre squash Luchasaurus. No. I don't consider Luch Luchasaurus a top guy. Top. All who right. Well, is, then who is orbiting the Drew, AEW championship? Drew McIntyre crushes Cody. Good one. Good one. All right. So Drew, who's your Drew. AEW star that's going to squash a WWE star? Um, you can't use Kenny would, Omega or Seth Rollins. Right. Right. 
I would, uh, I'd have it come back around and, um, I would have, uh, I would have Britt Baker absolutely eat Bailey alive. Nice. Very nice. Like just see, destroy. I didn't, I didn't see the women's side coming, but that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. We've heard your booking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he said guy. Oh, oh. I do what I want. That's fine. I love that one. I, I, We're using the non-gendered guy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Sorry, we got a little confused on that one. Yeah. Next up, we got it. We 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 came back around on we, it. We brought it home. Got it. We got landed it. the plane. <laughs> uh, Billy, Billy Stickler. Hope you're doing out well out there in Colorado, man. Staying safe. Uh, he says, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, being a wrestling fan comes from a certain stigma. We all yeah. know it. We all live it and deal with it. But what in the world of wrestling has made you the proudest to be a fan? This is – there's Ooh, a lot of stigma a, in this question. That's a great question. Um, we've all been th- – as fans, we've all been through that moment. Really? It's fa- I talk with one of my you buddies. Watch, you watch wrestling? I, I, I was helping one of my really good long-time 20-plus-year friends this week set up his new Wi-Fi stuff in his house, and I was telling him about a wrestling show, the BWO that we do, right? Yeah. Hadn't talked to him in a few years and just caught back up. He goes, you, you, you know it's fake, right? <laughs> no. Isn't that fake? So <laughs> even today, the, the stigma is still out there, and it's not something that you would openly brag about unprompted I, I i don't know i don't i don't know how people feel about it but i don't know that there's anything out there that openly makes me put my hands on my hips and go i am stick my chest out i am proud to be a wrestling fan i'm a wrestling fan i'm proud to be a successful entrepreneur i'm proud to have be in a relationship with a woman that i love to death i'm proud that we have a successful podcast and youtube show I don't know that I can say the same thing about being a wrestling fan. I'm really, I'm comfortable with it. That's I'm, I'm proud of it, but I'm not out there going, I'm a wrestling fan. Look at me. But aren't, aren't you every time you wear like a wrestling shirt out or anything like that? Aren't you kind of doing that? That's kind of hipster that I get. I'm when in you, on the joke, but, right? It's th- those kinds of things. Like, all right. Well, at it's, least some, it's some inside baseball way. stuff, right? <laughs> I am. Let me be clear. I am very proud to be a wrestling fan. Right. It's not something I'm saying. going out and screaming from the rooftops. Right. And, and right. So, social media. Hey, guys, did you know I'm a wrestling fan? You know, I, right. Sometimes I right. do, but not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just not how you, that's not the way that you're a fan, is what you're saying. That's right. not your fandom is, you know, defining your whole life around it, which is sure. It's fine. To Everyone has their own way of being a fan of it, and it's, right. and that's fine. Um, so it's it's funny because I, I had I had one take on this when you first read that question, which was, you know, what what moment made me want to go out and be like, oh yeah, I'm a wrestling fan. You know, whether that was The Rock becoming a huge star and being like, see, see, it's it's cool, um, or you know, Ric Flair be- having like a late era pop culture resurgence, and me being like, oh yeah, I know all about Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way, uh, but then Esme in the chat said the golden lovers and that made her proud to be a wrestling fan. That whole story, that whole angle, um, you know, Kenny Omega and, and Kota Ibushi being two hearts and, uh, one heart and two bodies, essentially, you know, transcending sure. beyond 
beyond gender, beyond perceptions, beyond the business, beyond time and space. Um, I always feel like I'm having to justify so, my fandom of wrestling. I'm not. I'm not able to brag about it if that makes right. sense. Right. So I guess. I guess. And that's the thing is like, what was something where you feel you felt like if something happened and you didn't have to justify it? You're like, yep, that right there. You didn't have to justify it. I don't know. I don't. I don't have one right off the top of my head. I got one, and that's taking people that um, are not wrestling fans to a wrestling event and having them like a live event mm. and having them come out and just be like, Oh my God, that was awesome. That energy that you get from a live event, you know, it's, I've had it happen watching an actual match. Someone who like, you know, um, I remember back in the day before my pops was a wrestling fan. Um, I got him into it. He knew of it, but he didn't know it. And I got him into it, and it was the point where I would, you know, come, I'd come around and show him a match, and he'd, he'd be like, "That's so amazing." So I remember the days when, like, he got into it, and he he um, he would have that reaction, and I would have that kind of gratification that, like, yeah, it is cool, isn't it? But now, yeah, that's been a lot, that's been a long time. I still get that from taking people that aren't wrestling fans to live events and them feeling that energy, and all of that, you know, that that question that. That uh, you know it's fake, right? That goes out the damn window because they realize when they see a live show, especially a good one, like a nice indie show with some high spots and everything, that's where they go, oh, that doesn't matter. That's not the point. That moment when they realize that, when they realize, oh, that's not the point, that makes me proud. That's like, exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's a proud moment for me. With pro wrestling. Um, and in fact, actually, if you ever watch uh, season two, the very last episode of uh, Lucha Underground, I'm in the background behind Stryker and Vampiro in the very last episode. And I'm there with a couple of friends of mine, one of whom had never been to a show before. And um, after that show, total fan. Became a, a, a rabid fan. I'm, I'm, that was, mm. Yeah. So I mostly I want to do two more things here real quick. One, uh, Jay just dynamic. Jay just said in the chat, I call him. I call myself a music nerd. I love everything. I'm a sci-fi geek. I'm an anime otaku weeb. Yeah. I, I'll scream those from the rooftops. I feel I have to justify being a wrestling fan. I identify it's, with that. That's that's kind of funny. the position I'm in. It's funny because I, I I do identify with that as well because I grew up in a time in high school where I was a big comic book collector and I had to justify that. I actually had to hide it. I had to hide the fact I was a comic book collector. I, 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 wouldn't I hit tell it by I playing baseball. I hit it by being a jock in yeah, disguise. I was, right? a, I was a theater kid, man. I, 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 I was had, a I band no geek that collected <laughs> baseball cards that played baseball right. to hide all the other stuff, right? But that's what I mean, though, is like, I, I, for me, maybe I just don't think about it as much because now being a comic book fan or being into Marvel movies or DC movies is like, everybody is everybody. Oh, I, you know, I remember back in the day, people didn't know who Wolverine was. Never. Everyone knows it. My mom knows who Wolverine is. Everyone knows Wolverine. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. People know who the guardians of the galaxy are. That was a D level comic book when I was collecting. That's nuts. That's nuts to me. So I get it. And I feel like, if you were in the 90s, you didn't have to justify being a wrestling fan because pop culture knew what it was. Yep. 
And if that ever happens again, where we're, we're wrestling gets back into the pop culture zeitgeist, into the mainstream, yeah. it'll become that way again. You don't, have to, you don't have to qualify it because everyone knows what it is. Yeah. Right? That's why when you bring someone to a show, you don't have to explain it anymore. Now they know. Right? You don't have to have that, that justification there because people have these preconceived notions. So there, as much as anything, it's just ignorance. There was an episode of Monday Night Raw a couple of years ago when we were first really firing up this show. Uh, we were about six or eight months into it. There was an episode of Raw that was at Staples Center. And Esther and I took an entire box of 500 business cards with our stuff on it and worked the lines outside of Staples yeah. Center for people going into Raw for an hour and a half up and down and holding our card up. We go, anybody listen to podcasts? You guys listen to podcasts? Yeah. Hey, we got a good wrestling podcast. And if you were one of those people on that line, and thank I, you and, for joining And up. I want to know if you remember a giant bearded dude or a <laughs> gorgeous strawberry blonde lady handing you a business card with our logo and stuff on it. Thank you. Uh, but that's one of my moments, proudest moments of doing this show. And we've, we've, we've done many of those since whether it was PWG at the Globe or you know, where we'll just work the lines and try to get guerrilla marketing, try to get the word out and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, as far as being a proud fan, what, what has made you the proudest to be a wrestling fan? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's me accepting it and being okay with it. There, and, and there was a big, the last thing I'll say about this, there was a, a Chris, there's a figure named Chris Metzen a person named Chris Metzen, who was part of the original Blizzard team at Blizzard Entertainment. And about 10 years ago at one of the BlizzCons, he got up in the opening keynote and gave a presentation called Geek Is. And he talked about geek. When geek was becoming, it was kind of cool to be a nerd. Like you were rattling off all the Marvel movies and comics and things like that, right? Sure. He was putting up pictures of, you know, geek is critting on a natural 20. You know, geek is Voltron. Geek mm -hmm. is cartoons and stuff. Sure. Like, all, like just, and you'd hear the crowd just roar every time he did mm -hmm. one of those. And how it was now sort of in vogue. To Absolutely. Be geek. It's our time. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and that's something that kind of broke me out of my own shell in a way. Like Absolutely. Fi finding no, it's, my it's own identity in that time was mainstream acceptance. Yeah. And that's actually, I think, I've, what I want to end this on is that. As, as much as it is partly mainstream acceptance, one of the ways to get mainstream acceptance is to have that, you know, when you feel that, like, I think it was Jay who just said that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weeb, I'm a sci-fi geek, I'm a music nerd. I'm proud of all that. Really? Because I've, I've definitely been in crowds that they don't understand like that I'm a metalhead or they don't understand that I love to watch anime or horror movies or whatever. Like I've been in the crowds where people are like, Oh, you watch horror movies. Ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. It's the, but you know what? Yes, I do. And you know what? They're awesome. Yes. Don't care what you think. It is internal. That feeling of, of, of pride in watching wrestling, that feeling of enjoyment, uh, knowing that it is something worthwhile, knowing that it's something that you enjoy, other people enjoy, millions of people enjoy, by the way, millions of people enjoy. Um, and in some countries, it's actually like really honored and respected, Japan. This, that, it's internal. It's whether you're going to allow your perception of other people's perception to weigh your self-perception. And for me, like there's, there is nothing that has taken my mind off of it more than being allowed to be a geek like with 
comic books or movies and being like, oh, that's what it feels like. You know what it feels like? Just being, just being able to go out there and be like, yep, high stepping around. Yep, I'm a fan of that. And you know what? I don't care if you don't know what that is and don't like it because I'm a fan of it. Yep. And it's the same kind of thing. You know, if people are going to perceive you however they perceive you. Yeah. Enjoy just, the 25th season of Grey's Anatomy and Gossip Girl, and I'm going right. to go over here and watch some wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. it's the same of, shit. If you're a fan of those shows, oh. hey, more power to you. Yeah. That's what, if you like what you like. Oh, your so. grandma's been watching General Hospital for 30 years? That's cute. Yeah, it's the same. But again, it's it's the, it's actually the same sort of philosophy within wrestling itself. Yeah, you can be like Cornette and like yell at clouds and get, tell people to get off your Brr. lawn because there's only yeah. one kind of wrestling that you like, or you can be someone that goes, "Hey, I like this style of wrestling. I like this style of wrestling. That doesn't quite do it for me, but hey, if that's your thing, cool." It's like subgenres in metal, you know. It- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Power power metal, take it or leave it. Yeah. Give me some deathcore. I'm all good. You know, <sighs> fine. Good, so good conversation, Billy. I like great, this one. A very, being, very, very being good open yeah. about your fandoms is awesome. Yeah, what are you proud of? I'm proud of it all, man. Yeah. I'm proud of I'm proud of being a wrestling fan in yeah. general. So, thank boom. you, Billy. Next up, Mr. Will James. You'll mention it on the main show, but I don't get the Dustin Rhodes retirement threat. Was that simply to drum up interest in ratings for lapsed fans or casuals? I didn't think Dustin would lose anyway. That just kind of ruined the end and made me tune out a bit. Yeah, I should I'll pause before I get to this because Jay just did mention that he's from the Philippines and the people like it there as much as in Japan. There's a lot of other countries that, yeah. like England, England, they take it very oh, seriously over here too. You know what I mean? But it's just I think over here it's it is kind of wrapped up in this perception of oh the yokels from the south and every you know everyone thinks it's real and and it's they're getting that, that carny thing they're getting it over on people. I think yeah. that there's still a bit of that stigma that it has to kind of shake yeah. off, but. I can say it. They yeah. think it's just a bunch of white trash rednecks that just go watch wrestling on Sundays, and you know it. And there's an element kinda of that. That's kind of what it was not, in the '80s, guys. It, I'm not. I'm not, not going to lie. That's what Charlotte and Smoky Mountain was in the '90s. I mean, it was. It was a bunch of beer drinking, cigarette smoking rednecks. And you in know a, what? In an there's arena. a perception. There's a perception that all anime is like these cute, big-eyed cartoons going kire kire. Yeah. Ah, Oh yeah. Oh, kawaii. Um. <laughs> You know, and that's that's not what it is. No, it's, it's so much more than that. So, yeah, again, just yeah. people's perceptions. Wipe your hands of yeah. it. Confidence, self confidence in it. Own yes. it. Yeah, own it. All right. So, yeah, what was the what was the point behind the Dustin retirement threat? It was uh, yeah, it was just trying to give some sort of heat to the match. Really, I thought I thought it was half assed. I, I I agree with Will, but it's just, I don't I don't really get it either. It, it wasn't to drum up interest. They didn't promote it that hard. Yeah. Like they they barely had time for it to be. It was a anything. way to tell you, don't worry, Kip Sabian's not going to win here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shouldn't have been what it is. Well, that's. I wish, yeah, I was just trying to get some heat in that match. Like, why why else should we care about this match? Yeah. And it was, yeah, just was yeah. kind of hackneyed. It didn't need it. It didn't need it. Yeah, agreed. Thank you, Will. Uh, finally, here, Marshall, Nick, get some help. <laughs> <laughs> With that yeah, being no said, kidding. what is your favorite wrestling disaster, whether it be storyline and or gimmick, something that was so bad that you couldn't look away? Thanks for everything you guys do, but please get help, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. Uh, this is an easy one. This is an easy one. Hell in a Cell. Nick oh. Foley Undertaker. There is no greater car wreck in the history. I wish I could be like a hipster and like pull out some 
you know, crazy, obscure, hardcore match from 92. But there is no greater car wreck in wrestling history than the 98 Hell in a Cell McFoley Undertaker. That is the, that is the, um, oh, he said storyline or gimmick, not match. Um, I've gotten mine. I'm waiting for you to finish. I, okay. I'm, you, you guys I'm a, mostly know this one. That I'm, I'm a start. Well, that's true. I can think. I already know which one you're going to do. You know which one I, I'm going for. I'm going to try and think of a storyline or gimmick, but there is no greater train wreck than Foley Taker. But go go ahead. Let me. And I'll try and think of a, a storyline or gimmick that was just <laughs> that was just monumentally awful. That it was still amazing. The. Um, Test and Stephanie marriage that ended yeah, up with DX kidnapping her and uh, Triple H taking her to a Elvis chapel in Vegas and, you know, yes, I will marry him. All of that stuff. And, you know, I'm not just talking about the event itself. I'm talking about all the buildup that it... Don't forget, guys, they did like three months worth of build with the whole Test and Stephanie thing. Uh, people vying for her hand. You had Jericho tearing her down at the time. You had... Uh, DX messing with him along the way. And then the fallout after the whole DX thing with Stephanie turning basically to accept like all of this stuff like that. It was so bad. It has somehow over time become one of my favorite things because uh, it's, I don't, I can't explain it. It's like watching terrible, terrible reality TV, but the amount of investment and how much time they put into uh, into the whole thing. Just, yeah, it's so bad I couldn't look away. You know, okay, so I just, for some reason, this random one popped into my head. One that was, it was awful, and it never got going, but it had promised to be terrible. Like, wonderfully terrible. Mark Henry's the, son, The Hand. No, that was just, that was just nonsensically awful. Although, yeah. I mean, there's a reason it's legendary. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's the worst. Um, the Nia Jax Enzo Amore love story. What? Yeah. Like that was going to some awful places, but in the best way. Like what were they, where were they going to go with that? How was that going to work out? Like that was, <laughs> we were on the cusp of, of I didn't awful see this greatness. Coming. No, again, it just popped into my head. Wow. It just <laughs> popped into my head. Uh, it was just, it's just terrible, but it looked like it was going to be way. But that, that never really happened, unfortunately. Um, but man, can you imagine how how wonderfully awful that would have been? Yeah. Um, as no, far as as wonderful disasters, um, the Kane Lita storyline, like the weird marriage and the just all of that. That was a that was a great one. That was like that was at the end of when Kane was really like scary and awesome. Um, also, Oh, uh, um, Vicky was pretty bad. Yep. I liked, I liked, uh, Christian's tantrum angle. Um, it was so bad, but so good. Um, I mean, if we're talking just, about these, we can't not mention how terabad, uh, Lashley, Lana Russo was. No, that's not, no, that, no, no, that's bad. This is good. Bad. Favorite, favorite wrestling disaster. Favorite. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah. Not like Screw not. Oh god, shit. kill me. Yeah. Not oh god, kill me. Um, I had one and I just made me forget about it by making me think about Lashley and Lana. Oh, uh, girl. Uh, uh, damn. Damn. It'll come back. Yep. Eventually. 
you know what was one that I thought was going to be better than it was was the uh, higher power angle. I still have some love for that one. You're referring to uh, Reverend Devon and and no, I'm, Batista, I'm referring Deacon Batista. Deacon Deacon Batista. Oh, it's terrible with his boss. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm referring to uh, the Undertaker, the Ministry of Darkness having oh a Ministry of power. Darkness stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I gave us the, one of the greatest lines in the history of wrestling. It was me, Austin. Yeah, it was me all along. With his do rag. <laughs> yep. Just um, any WCW pay per view for the last two years it was in existence is hilarious. It's just, it's jaw droppingly bad. Uh, what else? I don't know. Of, uh, I'm trying to read through the chat. People are throwing a bunch of them out here. Rowan's Cage. Yeah, that was just yeah, bad. That's, that's, that was a, just that's, awful. A, that's a recent one. Yeah. <laughs> the Brawl for All. That yeah, uh, maybe that's where this question came from because that is a fascinating, fascinating train wreck in history. Um, I liked Right to Censor. Everyone hates Right to Censor. I loved Right to Censor. I thought Stevie Richards knocked that crap out of the park. And having both Godfather and Val Venus go good was hilarious. Yeah. Like that's a that's a great underrated awful gimmick right there. Yep, I agree with that one. I'll leave it at that. That's a good one to end on. Oh, well, thank you very much, Marshall. And thank you guys all for your amazing questions every single week, week after week. Uh, it just, it never gets old doing some of these with you guys. I'm so glad we broke this out and made it its own series. It just continues to get better. Next week, we'll be doing number 30 of these, 30 straight weeks. And wow. I'm so, uh, so excited that we, uh, it's just turned out way better than I ever anticipated it would. If you guys remember way back when, we used to just do listener questions at the end of the show. Yeah. Come a long way, baby. Uh, uh, thank you guys so much every single week for getting all these questions in. If you'd like to get yours in, patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to be in is that $5, $5 tier to get your questions in. Plus, you get copies of the show notes, the ability to play in our patron pickums for every big four pay-per-view, bonus episodes at the $10 tier, Skype ep- uh, calls with Mick, uh, Nick and Syrian Dangerous every single month at the $50 tier, all kinds of good stuff over there. And we are going to be doing a little bit of... Ian doesn't know this yet. We're going to read what? the uh, the patrons here over what? the course of the next month and as part of our oh, God. relaunch. i got some crazy ideas that I want to throw Ooh. at him. But, so stay tuned. Don't, ma- oh, don't make any crazy changes to your patronage just yet. But we got some might have some stuff coming for you guys. No promises. No promises. <laughs> uh, but definitely that is the best way to support the show. Also, shout out to all of the Super Chats today from Marshall, Esme, Line Drive... All of you guys, thank you so much for all the support. Marshall, love Marshall, you guys late, Marshall, the oh, Marshall right now, with the five dollars. Thank, thank you very thank much you, for, for throwing love, that dude. in. Thank you very much. Uh, many people have asked. I'll throw it out here as well. The super chats are better than the tip jar. We will be phasing that out. The tip jar does take the PayPal cut. Ah, so it's true. kind of just eh, there's no way for me to change that. So it the the super chats now that we have them are ideal. Definitely use those in lieu of the tip jar for the next month or so until we get that fully phased out. Uh, over the course of things. But, yeah, thank you guys for all of your support, monetarily, word of mouth, all of that stuff. Everything is so Amen. appreciated. We're entering a, another whole new era here as we go into our year four at the end of May. We've got some big some big changes, some big upgrades planned for you guys, so we hope you be excited about that. Merch stores coming online soon with updated stuff. Check that out. Esme, your booby prize is coming. And everybody else, including Robbie RB, our new patron pickups champion from Mania, 
will be getting his prize pack, as well as all of you that beat one or both of us in the Mania Pickums. You'll be getting your stickers very soon. You guys know where to find all of us. BWOPodcast.com is the website. Links in the description down below right here on YouTube. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at DataCenterDude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the jam, Max? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.